Well, Lindsay, just to give a bit of background on this chat, a lot of people don't really know that you and I have known each other for, for quite a while uh, prior to, to what we've done at CoachPerry.com. We, we spent a bit of time at junior school together. And, and what, one of my earliest memories of you is legs up to your armpits, running the living daylights out of everyone in junior school. And, and some things haven't changed. You, you still got legs up to your armpits and you still run the living daylights out of people. Yeah, so I've always loved running. Um, there's no question about that. Been running with my father since I was five years old. Um, obviously, when we knew each other, uh, um, you were a year ahead of me at school, and but we we played in the same football team um, for I think the best part of two years. Um, but yeah, I mean that's it. I, I've always loved running, and uh, at Lakeview it was no different. The big difference was at Lakeview, I was probably the only person who could run. Yeah, okay, let, let's just give this some context. So we're talking about Lakeview, which is a little primary school in a little town in the free state called Virginia. Uh, it's it's a tiny little town. It's even smaller now than when it was then because that was in the big mining boom. Uh, it's gotten a bit smaller since then. But uh, yeah, I mean, for me to make a football team, Lindsay tells you how many kids were, did we have 11 kids playing football in our, yeah, I can't even remember that. Obviously, we must have, or we could have been one short that's why i was playing well that's probably why we were although we were separated by a year that's probably why we did have a team is because we certainly couldn't pull it out of one <laughs> one year <laughs> let's talk about your running though and and you you talk about running f- for as long as you can remember essentially from like five years old and, and running with your dad uh for those who don't know your your dad's a pretty good uh, pretty good athlete in his own right yeah, so my dad's the the actual runner in the family. Um, he has won, won some fairly big races in um, South Africa. He has gold medals from comrades in the days when you had to finish in the top six to get a gold medal. Um, he's run a sub-six-hour comrades. Uh, he's he's finished uh, fourth at uh, SA Marathon Championships um, when he was uh, representing the old Transvaal Um so yeah, I mean he's the 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 real runner in the family, but it was enough to uh, pass on the baton, and I was pretty useful at it. And uh, most importantly, I enjoyed it a lot. So I've never stopped doing it, and then it eventually became what I do for a living. Yeah, it's quite funny. I mean, growing up, Lindsay, you you obviously were around the South African road running scene. I was as well. My dad also has has done numerous comrades, never close to what, what your old man was doing. But growing up in those sort of spaces, for someone like you, obviously you had a bit of ability. You were you were running pretty well at junior school. Did you want to be an athlete or, or did you always want to be a coach? No, I definitely wanted to go to the Olympics as a athlete. Um for most of my very young life and this the, the the it's not strange it's actually maybe obvious that south africa's other big passion rugby is potentially what derailed that i mean i was um 16 years old uh, just short of 6 foot and weighed 60 i don't know 65 kilograms so i was skinny as um and to play first team rugby, I was told I needed to get bigger, and so I did. And I spent the next two years of my life in a gym. Um, and it's it's in the back of my mind, I always thought I'll always be able to run, but I'm only going to be able to play rugby now. So, like I said, I spent two years, and I went from mid sixties to upper 
eighties, early nineties. Um, and when I got badly injured in matric and then did not play first team rugby, I thought, Oh, well, that's fine. I'll go back to running. And it really was a struggle. I mean, I was heavy and you can't run very fast when you're heavy or relative to, to what I used to. And so all my track PB still come from when I was 15, 16 years old. And, um, yeah, to be fair, most of my distances, um, are, yeah, most of my distance PBs are from when I was 15, 16 years old. You were a pretty handy football player as well, though. Yeah, and I did love football. Um, and so if I'd, again, if I'd gone to a, a school that played football, perhaps I would have, um, gone on and done that a lot longer. And when I, when I went to university, I did go back to playing football. I really, didn't enjoy it and I got provincial colors for for footy in primary school and um, uh, in fact when I was in in standard nine form four I remember we put together a a football team at school out of the dribs and drabs of people who played football in primary school and we went up against the then coca-cola cup champions Glen high school and um, I scored the opening goal and we managed to hold on to that lead until less than 10 minutes to play. And unfortunately, once they equalized, the floodgates opened and we went down. We went down 3-1. But while I was on the pitch, we were 1-0 up against the Coca-Cola <laughs> Cup champions. I love that. Lindsay, talk to me a little bit about growing up around your dad in, in that sort of environment. And, uh, I mean, you've, you've told me a story of, of going out. You were, I don't know how old you were running with your, with your dad and a couple of his mates and they were chatting as you do and and you were just sort of hanging on for dear life and before you knew it you had run I don't know how many k's and you were still with him it must have been pretty cool I mean you obviously didn't know any different but looking back now and some of the big names of of that that your dad used to run with and hang out with uh it must have been pretty cool yeah look it was like and I did know I did know them and I did know who they were um but you know I also knew that my dad was pretty well known in the running community because it didn't matter where we were. If we were on holiday and we went to a race, you know, people knew my dad and we'd have a chat. So I never, although I knew how good they were, I never looked at them as um, um, celebrities, if you like. I just always knew them as as normal people. Uh, and so that was also really cool. And so there are there were one or two times where that exact thing happened. You know, I still remember the pair of shoes. It was a pair of uh, Nike Vendettas, uh, which Bruce Fordyce actually won the Comrades in one year. Not the same and, pair uh, that you used to and, wear, I'm sure. No, obviously not. And uh, <laughs> yeah, as you said, we were we were just meant to do a a 15 minute run to to run the men. And of course, once the adults got chatting, they just forgot about me and. You know, when it got dark and I got hungry, I was like, Dad, when are we going home? He goes, oh, no. Oh, you, you, Lindsay's still here. Sorry, guys. I've got to get my son home. And off we went. <laughs> I love it. Lindsay, talk to me a little bit about sort of post-school and then the, the studying side of it and, and, and how that came about and obviously into into your coaching. Yeah, so uh, once I got to university, um, the, one of the first things I did was went and sought out the running club because although – at that stage, I wasn't running. Um, I had ITB and I basically hadn't run for almost seven months, couldn't get rid of the ITB and I'd put on weight again because obviously when you're not running, you're drinking. So um, I got to Varsity quite chubby, uh, but the running club has not 
only been about running growing up in the Perry household. It was also part of our social structure. So our friends were runners and we'd have time trials and after time trials, the parents would have drinks and we'd run around like crazy oaks outside um, having a jaw. And so my first port of call essentially getting to university was to go to the running club um, and sign up. And it turned out that one of our good family friends, the Hodgkisses, their eldest son, Bryn, more popularly known as, as Forrest, as in run, Forrest, run, <laughs> um, was the chairman of the club. So I kind of started there. I, I ran, but I ran extremely socially at, at um, university. And I went through, I was chairman for a year, vice chairman. I was head of social, club captain. I, I mean, I held a few positions on the but slowly but surely while I was there, we really started to grow an enthusiastic club with some decent athletes. Um, you know, we, we weren't going to challenge for intervarsity and that sort of thing, but we really had a, an awesome time. Um, and during that time, I started realizing that, okay, well, I've got quite a lot of experience on these people and I started helping people out with coaching. And then I was like, well, okay, if we need to, um, coach people here yeah, I better start figuring out what I'm doing and it ties in with the degree I'm studying which was human kinetics and ergonomics or sports science essentially uh, so I started reading a lot uh, started making photocopies of certain runners world articles and and taking notes of things and I effectively became the the club coach in my final year at Rhodes and from then on I, I just realized that I'm not going to get to where I wanted to get to in running, but maybe I can help other people get there. And that's in particular why I started out my career working with juniors rather than working with seniors because I felt like if I can just keep them going through that period, then when they get to senior ranks, they would be in a position to then continue to be competitive. As far as sort of, and, and this is a tough question to ask, probably not the right question to ask. When, when did you start realizing that you were pretty good at it? And, and, and I'm saying it's an unfair question to ask because you're pretty humble. I'll tell people you're pretty good. You're not going to tell people you're pretty good. So when did you realize that you actually, this is, this, you can do this? Yeah. So that's maybe a better wording. I, I've never thought that I'm good. I obviously feel like I know what I'm doing, but. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm I'm good. But when I started to realize that I could do the coaching thing as a living was what when I was still in Cape Town because people kept asking me to get involved in things. You know, Western Province Triathlon wanted me to get involved with their development. Um, the club that I belonged to at the time, Celtic Carriers, they asked me to get involved in in stuff inside the club, and I so I, I kind of start thinking well hang on people value my my opinion um and so then it started to pique my interest in actually starting to become a, a professional coach if you like and actually charging people for the experience um, so it was just a gradual realization that I, I like doing this and more and more people want me to help them doing it so I've I felt like I was on the right track to becoming good at it. As far as 
comrades and the role that, that comrades plays in running in South Africa. I mean, you've been coaching for close on, on 20 years now as we, as we record this. Uh, but comrades has played a, a big part in your, your coaching career and as, as a race and, and just your life in general. I mean, it's always been a, a thread and, uh, and, and your role as official comrades coach. You've been there a long, long time now. But I mean, that came pretty early on in your, in your coaching career as well. Yeah, so th- that's probably one of those things you chalk up as being in the absolute right place at the perfect time. <clears throat> so obviously I have a, a, a rich history of comrades. My father has run it 25 times. He's got three gold medals um, in the senior ranks, and then he's got a couple of top tens when he was uh, racing as a, a veteran. Um, and I've spent many, many of those races on the side of the road and we would obviously record it from the time that it was uh, um, broadcast live. We would record it and we would all watch it you know, the following weekend from start to finish. So I had all the history. I know how the race works. Um, I had run it once and didn't have a particularly pleasant experience, largely because my dad tricked me into running it <laughs> when I was very unfit, claiming it would be his loss. So I was like, look, I can't. I can't not run comrades with my dad at least once. Um, anyway, that took me to the, the point where I, uh, a common friend of Mike Finch and I, Patrick Kravach, and we, uh, myself and Patrick went out to dinner and, um, Michael, Mike Finch, who's editor of Runners World, happened to be in the vicinity. He phoned Patrick. Patrick was, Hey, why don't you come? And join us for pizza, my mate, yeah, whatever. So we had dinner that night, and in the course of the evening, we got talking about comrades and had a really great chat about it. And then the following Wednesday, I was training pretty damn hard for two oceans. And the following Wednesday, I ran a 10K race um, called the, the, the Lighthouse 10 uh, in Greenpoint, where I ran my still PB for 10Ks, 34.49. And um, I think I finished ninth. And at the finish line, Mike was there because he was commentating. He was like, you know what? You love comrades. You're a bloody good runner. I think there's an opportunity for you at comrades because they are looking for a fresh face. Um, Don Oliver had been there for many, many years. And uh, comrades just felt like it was a, a, a time to change. So Mike phoned up comrades, uh, Renee Jordan, um, she since remarried, I can't remember her new surname, and said, hey, listen, I've got the perfect guy for you. He's young. Um, he's a bloody good runner. He knows the history of comrades backwards, but he's inexperienced. So I met up with her. She was like, you're exactly what we're looking for. We're a little bit worried about the inexperience. So then – Mike suggested that myself and Bruce Fordyce team up and I do all the work and Bruce essentially has a look at the stuff and endorses it and we do this thing as a partnership and over a three or four year period kind of phase that in and out. So it was literally just a question of perfect place at the perfect time and I yeah, I, I'd like to think I really used that opportunity well, and I still love doing it. Um, and look, I realize that I'm soon, I mean, I'm, I have been there since 2006, so I am aware of the fact that maybe in the next five to ten years that comrades will be looking for 
a new face, fresh. But while I'm there, I'm really loving it. Um, and I'm, I hope that I recognize that before it happens so that I can help them to find that next person and this, and the changeover can be much smoother because the abuse that I had to endure for the first six months of this job was actually quite spectacular. <laughs> but lucky I've got a thick skin. Lindsay, as far as the, I mean, and I've said this quite often about you, is there very few people who, who can coach elite athletes well, and there are very few people who can coach amateur athletes well, and there are even less people who can do both. And you're one of the few people I know that do both really well. That you you obviously have had success, particularly around comrades, and and you've had Olympic qualifier in in Yvette van Sale. But uh, around comrades, particularly, if you look at what you've done with the likes of Caroline and and Shawnee with with her win as well. But but then what you've done with the masses and and people like me who are plodders who you just breathe this belief into them i mean you've almost got me believing that i could run a bull rowan which is uh, i mean crazy but uh, i'd have to do a lot of work but that's the the sort of belief that you breathe into people and 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 that's a skill i don't think many people have do you think that's been one of your your sort of keys to your success is is to be able to to get the best out of people absolutely and i think it's i think it comes Maybe there are more places that it comes from, but for me, if I if I um, try and put a finger on on where that comes from, it comes from the fact that a I am a runner at heart. So I I I run because I I love to run. I don't run because I'm good at running. Um, and so in my starting of my coaching career, the people that I was helping to run. They were not elite athletes. And, and look, some of them have gone on to do maybe a sub three hour marathon, which is excellent. But, you know, most of them are people that have just have been like 10 and a half to, to 11 hour comrades runners. Um, they've done a washi here and there, but that, those are the people I started out with at university. So I kind of figured at that stage that I like working with those people. And secondly, as you said, for me, one of the most important things for those people is that they actually believe that they can do what they're going to do. And then on the flip side of that coin, I just love sport and performance and the competitive side of sports. I've, I've grown up watching sport my whole life. So I know how nice it is to win. And I like to help people to win. But because I have the interest across the broad range of spectrum, it's when somebody who wants to finish comrades asks me questions, I don't lose interest in them because I'm genuinely interested in wanting to help them. And the same thing happens at the elite level. You know, I think somebody who's running, who runs just for the social and turned out that they're actually quite good at coaching people they often glaze over when the elites start talking to them because they just don't understand the the, the world. So I, I really do believe it's because when people speak to me, I'm listening to them and they can tell that I'm listening to them. And then the second part is exactly that. I just I always believe that that people can do it. Um, and when people start pushing the envelope, I never know 
where the limit is. And I always tell people, we won't know until we get there. So we will keep trying to get better until we can't get better anymore. I think that pretty much sums it up. I love that. Lindsay, as far as sort of things you'd still like to achieve, both from a, a coaching perspective and from a, from a personal running perspective, what, what are you still, I mean, we're all said and done, uh, and you are ancient and, and about to, to kick the proverbial bucket. What would you have liked to have achieved in your, in your coaching career and in your personal running career? Well, look, I think I would still like to coach some more comrades, winners, um, Otherwise, you, you run the risk of starting to feel like it was a, a bit of a fluke, you know. Um, and look, in some ways, that is always a little bit of luck because it just so happened that I was lucky enough to coach two of the best distance runners in the country at that moment. Um, and we did a good job. So then we were able to to pull off two wins in two years. Um, at Comrades and obviously Caroline won two oceans two years and she won Omni Dam. So I think, um, I would definitely like to win some more Comrades, uh, you know, just so that I don't feel like I, I got lucky. Nobody likes that. I definitely want to, I've been to, to two Olympic games now. Um, I was coaching Richard Murray when he went to the first one. I was coaching Yvette when we went to the second one. So I've coached athletes to, to, to the, to the Olympics. Um, but I would like to go another step and be involved with directly coaching an athlete that medals at the uh, Olympic Games. Um, or at a marathon major, that would that I think that would give me the same sort of satisfaction if I someone podiumed or, or won at a major international marathon, New York, London, something along those lines. So, look, I, I I want the athletes that choose to work with me to be successful. So essentially, and and I want that success to be at the absolute highest level. You know, it, it's it's cool doing well in South Africa and obviously Comrades is a huge international race, but I, I really want to be part of, uh, of South Africa starting to realize its potential in the middle to long distances again on the international scene. And I think, you know, what we did at the 100K World Champs, although I wasn't directly involved in any of those athletes coaching, just the, the, the seeds that we planted, the team spirit that we built up over that week, I really feel those are the kinds of things that can get the whole country to to realize that with the right opportunities, we can really be a force in international running again. And from a personal running perspective, what's what's the goal? So my immediate short-term goal from a personal um, uh, perspective is to have a great 10th um, to Oceans. It's my 10th and Oceans 50th. So uh, it, that's my immediate short-term goal. But my my life goal, while I've still got a – I think I've still got a few years at the senior age of 41, I think I've still got a few years, and that's to run all the marathon majors. But in particular – to actually nail a marathon in perfect conditions and to be able to sit back and say that I've truly run my perfect marathon race. 
Lindsay, and then just to wrap up from a from a coaching perspective with regards to Coach Perry as as a business, and and obviously f- the best part of of just over a decade, we've been very focused on on comrades as as an event, and 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 you're obviously the official comrades marathon coach. But there's a a bit of a shift happening as we as we record this where it, it's not just all about comrades anymore we've got some some really cool things happening uh and and you're not feeling like you're boxed uh, as just the comrades coach we've got quite a few people training for marathons around the world and half marathons so so some exciting times and and it's not all comrades as much as we've spoken about it lots is is not the be all and end all there's there's lots of other things to 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 focus on no they, i agree with that 100 percent. like i've i've really I've always felt that Comrades is such an iconic event that it'll always take care of itself. Um, you know, someone only needs to run the race once to be in love with it. And if they have the means to come back again, they will come back again. Uh, but I did feel like for a long time that I couldn't get out of the shadow of Comrades. And you know what? If that was the way that I made a living for the rest of my life, I'd be perfectly happy. I would. I love the race. I love everything it stands for. But I do feel like there's much more to running than comrades. Uh, and certainly in South Africa, so many people start running to run comrades. So it is also good for the overall sport. But I just feel like if I could get to some of those people a bit sooner and say, hey, you know, comrades isn't going anywhere. And in fact, if we can lay a better foundation and turn you into a better 10, 21 marathon athlete, it'll give you a longer more successful career at comrades um, and that is especially true if i work with you know if i'm talking about the elite ranks and triathlon lots of people come to me and say they want to do ironman it's ironman it's ironman but they want to do it on an elite level and when we analyze why they want to move up i go hey you know what you're going to make the same mistakes that you're making here when you go longer but the longer the race is, the more it exposes that weakness. So let's let's make you a better all-round athlete, stronger, better foundation, faster, and then when you move longer, and then those weaknesses will become exposed even less.